0: Our first scripture reading this morning is from the Hebrew Testament, the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, "'Give us water to drink!' Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand, your, the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so, in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? And our second reading... Is from the Newer Testament in the Gospel of John, chapter four, verses five through forty-two. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sikr, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, "'Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty "'or have to keep coming here to draw water.' "'Jesus said to her, "'Go call your husband and come back.' "'The woman answered him, "'I have no husband.' "'Jesus said to her, "'You are right in saying I have no husband. "'For you have had five husbands, "'and the one you have now is not your husband. "'What you have said is true.' "'The woman said to him, "'Sir, I see that you're a prophet.' our ancestors worshiped on that this mountain but you say that that the place where people need to worship is in Jerusalem jesus said to her woman believe me the hour is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in jerusalem you worship What you do not know, we worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her. I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or what are you speaking with her? Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Today I'm going to preach a sermon that you may not have be familiar with. It's called a narrative sermon. And it is uh, in story form from the point of view from a Bible character. And this is from the point of view of the woman at the well. I was walking the final steps of my early morning journey as my destination grew nearer. The jar I carried seemed so heavy and would only become heavier after I filled it with water and carried it another mile back home. But then I smiled. For my heart was not heavy at all, but light and full of hope as this well will always remind me of the day that I changed forever. The other women had already begun to gather, and I no longer dreaded these morning encounters with them as I once had. There was a lot of buzz this morning, for there was big news in the air. The women were talking about a man in Jerusalem who had been crucified because he claimed to be the king of the Jews. We all knew this man— for in fact, he had come to Samaria. I couldn't believe it. He was dead? I listened carefully to see what else I could find out. Then I heard another woman say that his last words were, I am thirsty. And then, after receiving a drink, said, It is finished. And then he died. The women marveled at that, and some said that it was probably not even true, since crucified men could hardly talk while they hung there. However, I believed that Jesus really did say that after all, since he said almost the same thing to me, and it changed my life forever. That is truly an amazing story that I can't help remembering and I'd like to share it with you. It was almost noon when I had come to the well. It would have made sense to come in the morning when the sun wasn't blazing like it was now, but I was trying to avoid being noticed. And besides, my whole life didn't make any sense, so what difference does it make to get water now? See, if I'd come in the morning Every other woman in the villages would be there talking like they always do, but I just couldn't stand the looks anymore. They didn't approve of me because I, well, let's just say I wasn't the queen of virtues. So here I am, almost at the end of my journey, and as I'm coming to the well, I see a man from the distance sitting on the well all alone. He's looking like he's waiting for someone, and he's exhausted. I squint my eyes a bit, but I keep my head low and see that, oh, he's a Jew. Great. I should have come in the morning. I would have rather dealt with the women. I just wanted to go to the well and get my water and get back home to my own business. So I kept my head low, desperately trying to avoid eye contact, go on to the mouth of the well and get ready to lower down to the water. I almost get set up when I hear this man ask, please give me a drink. I slowly look up at him and I think, that man didn't just ask me for a drink, did he? How could he possibly ask me for a drink of water? If this were any other Jew, he probably wouldn't be in Samaria in the first place. He wouldn't go near a woman, and he obviously has no idea who I am because men never address me in public. He truly doesn't recognize who he's talking to. I'm a mixed race, I'm an inferior gender, and I'm unrighteous. This man is obviously confused. Maybe his exhaustion has made him delirious and desperate. I was really taken off guard. But still, I am curious to why he's talking to me, so I remind him of the situation. You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Now, I thought, well, hoped, the conversation would not go any further, and I could just get back to my business and get home. Because this was hard enough just for me to be here. I hated coming to Draw Water. It reminded me of how much of an, of an outsider I am, how rejected I feel. And this man just amplified that. I didn't need this Jew making me feel worse. But instead of making some comment, he twisted my own strategy and said, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Well, that got my attention. I just looked at him for a second. I actually looked at him and saw into his dark but kind eyes. This man was being sincere. He was talking to me differently than I was used to, like I was worth something to him. I wasn't sure how to reply to that, and I looked down and saw that he had nothing to draw with, and he certainly didn't want to use my vessel. That would defile him for sure. So I reminded him again and said, But sir, you have, n- don't have a rope or a bucket, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And then I thought about it for a bit more and wondered, Well, what power does this man claim? So I asked, Do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? I really wanted to know. I mean, who does this man think he is? I don't want to hear offers that are counterfeit. What's this living water he's peddling anyway? But still, I really wanted to know where this man was going with this. And he answers my question and says, Anyone who drinks this water will soon be thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Because it becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I mean... I understand what it means to be thirsty all the time. I mean, no matter what I had done, it seemed only to make me more thirsty. But this water, the water he spoke about, could make me live forever. I will never be thirsty again. In fact, there will actually be water coming from me. Well, this was fascinating, and he was offering it to me free, a gift. So I blurted out, give me that water. I'll never be thirsty again. I'll never have to come here to get water. How wonderful would that be? No long journey, no embarrassing looks and stares, and I wouldn't have to hang my head or, as an alternative, burn in the sun. I wanted that water. And I was waiting anxiously for him to give it to me or tell me exactly how to get it. And this is what I'd been looking for. And I was finally going to get it. And just when I thought he was ready to tell me, he said, go get your husband. I got a little suspicious and wondered why he wanted my husband. Does this man know me after all? I didn't want to tell him, so I just told him the facts. And I said, I have no husband. Well, this was the truth. I wasn't married. And Jesus kept talking and said, You are right when you say you have no husband. And then I knew there was a catch. So he did know who he was talking to all along. This man knew me. How much did he know? He kept going. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. And then he stopped talking. He didn't condemn me. He didn't judge me. And he didn't stone me for that matter. He just told me the truth. The truth. That I had been hiding for quite a while now. I didn't want to face that woman that he spoke plainly about. But this woman was me. This is who I was. This is who I had become. And it was all out now. My shame, my filth, it was all on display for this man. I just came here to plunge into a well for water. And this man, waiting for me, plunged into an even deeper, an even darker well. My heart. I never let anyone go there. And somehow, he got in. This man actually cared. About what was there. He wanted to know me. I know he did because he already knew me. How I wished that I could wring out my heart like a sponge and give him that to drink. Would he drink that? Would he drink from that well, from that cup? Would he love? All of me, a sinner. Well, this man was amazing, and I was fascinated. Who was this man with living water who knows everything about me and everything I've ever done? I was in awe. This whole situation was so surreal, and I said, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. I mean, I might be a sinner. And I might be a Samaritan, but I know a prophet when I see one. I wanted to learn more from this man, and so I asked about how to worship rightly. Our ancestors worship on Mount Gerizim, but the Jews say that worship must be in Jerusalem. Well, Jesus told me that there would be a time when we wouldn't worship God on any mountain, but when we would worship God in spirit and in truth, I just marveled at what he told me, and then hope it began to rise up in me, and I told him, "I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us." And to my utter astonishment, he replied, "I who speak to you am he." I was amazed. I knew there was something different about this man. This man was the Messiah. Now just then, a group of men came up to the well to talk to Jesus. The situation got a little awkward. So here I am, a Samaritan woman, talking to this man all alone in broad daylight. But nobody asked him what he was doing or why he was talking to me. They had bundles of food with them, and they looked like they were going to eat. So I just left my jar. And I hurried to tell my village the news of what this man revealed to me. I was so excited. I just kept shouting louder and louder. Come see this man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Christ? And I kept going from house to house and I was running and I could hardly breathe, but I just kept shouting. And people, people stopped what they were doing, and they listened to me. They followed me out of the village to the well, and many of them came. They believed me, and they believed that this man was the Messiah. They begged Jesus to stay with them in Samaria, and he did for two days. And many more people became believers. And people came to me, and they looked at me and said, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man is the savior of the world. They talked to me. They looked at me. They believed in me. I was so happy. Like I said, that was my best memory, and the best moment of my entire life. And now, as I drew from this well again, I think about the news I just heard. The Messiah is dead? I can hardly believe this is true. I didn't want to believe that this man, who told me he had water to give me eternal life, could die. In my disbelief, I kept listening to the huddles of talk, only to hear the rest of the story. Yes, he died. But three days later, they laid him in a tomb. And some women came in the morning and found the tomb empty. And an angel was waiting there to tell them that Jesus had risen from the grave and lives. Another group of women were talking about how there were sightings of Jesus all over. He was alive. Jesus was alive. Jesus is alive. He's the Messiah and the Savior of the world. He saved me from my sin, my shame, and my death. And then my memory flickered back to how I felt that time I encountered Jesus. How much I longed for him to know me and to pour out my heart onto him. But in reality, I did. I did pour it out onto him. And he bore it on the cross for me. He drank from the deep well of my heart. He drank the cup of death to bring me life. My story's crazy, I know. But if Jesus can do that for me, he didn't just die for me, he died for everyone. If Jesus talked to me and listened to me and loved me, he can love anyone. Will you let him drink from the well of your heart? Thanks be to God. Amen.